Welcome to this edition of Broadband Action, uh, brought to you by the Community Broadband Action Network. I'm Curtis Dean, and uh, joining me today, uh, John Willow, who is a C-Band co-founder, and we're really excited to have Jeff Gavalinsky on. Jeff is the uh, guru, or whatever you want your title to be, Jeff, Janitor. of Mountain Connect, one of our favorite uh, events in the, the broadband industry. Uh, Jeff, what is your technical title? Oh, I'm CEO of the company. CEO. There we go. Okay, great. But, but I'm also the janitor of the account. <laughs> you are. I've, I've seen I've, I've seen you. I've witnessed you emptying waste baskets at your <laughs> event because you're just that involved. Um, so we've done this. Uh, we did this last year kind of as a preview of the 2022 event and had some good feedback from it, Jeff. And I, so I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about Mountain Connect again uh, with you this year and with everybody else. We've got... Um, uh, the website on the screen right now for Mountain Connect. So Jeff, I just start out, what is Mountain Connect and why should people go? Well, oh boy, that's a, that's a, that's a question that might, might require a long answer. So <laughs> uh, for, for people who are, who are new um, uh, and don't know anything about Mountain Connect, it, it really has a sort of long and storied history. It, this is year nine that I will have been running the conference. Um, it actually started back in 2010. We had a, um, a BTOP grant that was awarded in the state of Colorado and a gentleman started Mountain Connect um, in an effort to have a conversation around our BTOPs, BTOP grant, grants impact to the Western Slope of Colorado. So it was a fairly narrowly focused um, um, I would call it a workshop, one day workshop, where we had folks just from the Western Slope. So um, the rural communities, counties, um, you know, we had some participation from our governor's office. And then I, I put formal structure around Colorado's first local technology planning team. So um, I got invariably invited to, to attend and speak at it. Um, so I was doing that down in the southwestern part of Colorado, and I asked the guy who was who was running this after I was there the second year, you know, why why not expand this to include the entire state? And then, you know, eventually you could expand it even further. So he said, well, if you want to expand it, you take it over. And he handed it to me. So that year there were 80, 90 or so people, you know, and you fast forward nine years this year, we're anticipating 800 plus people. So it's grown quite a bit. Um, a lot of times because of the name of the event, the, the, the name of the event hasn't changed in 14 years. Um, and a lot of times people think it's just a, either a state show or a regional show, but I always like to suggest to you that it'd be very difficult to get that many people from one state or even from one region, um, to attend a conference. Um, and, and and because we have folks as far away as Australia, Sweden, Israel that will be in attendance this year, you know, really has become um, a national show. So you haven't have at least one Iowan coming because this is one of my must go uh, events on my calendar every year. So well, thank you. Excited to be coming. 
you mentioned the growth of the event. Um, you've actually outgrown your previous home, right? Yeah, yeah. So historically, um, I've always enjoyed putting the conference at a resort venue. So the conference for the last four years has been in Keystone, Colorado, which is right near Breckenridge. And then prior to that, Vail. So I've always been, in, you know, on the Western Slope. Um, but as you as you alluded to, we we've outgrown all the venues on the Western Slope. In fact, there's only four venues now in the state that can house our conference. Wow! So that's fantastic. Yeah, I'll miss the snow though, Jeff. Uh, I won't. <laughs> I won't. And you know, three out of the last four conferences I came to at Mountain Connect, we had snow at least part of the time. Well, last year was a big surprise because it was an end of May conference. And that's right towards the end of May anyways, and it snowed. Uh, if you ever wanted to see a grown man cry, you should have seen me that Saturday before the conference when we got 15 yeah. inches of snow up there. But I moved it to Denver. Um, you can still see the mountains, um, <laughs> if that's if that's important to you. Um, you know, we're, we're absolutely at the Sheridan downtown Denver, which is right off the 16th Street Mall. So hopefully this addresses another couple concerns. Um, or issues we've had. One is with re restaurant availability. Yeah. The second one is altitude, right? Because I've even had to um, medevac people off the mountain. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. but anyways, I, I'm really excited because um, uh, sometimes I like to call my conference the un the unbroadband conference because <laughs> I chose the Sheridan because I have an open floor plan, and if you recall from Keystone days. Yeah, uh, my, my exhibitors, for example, are always anchored in between my breakout sessions, general session ballroom. Um, so they're right. I had wide foyers there. So the people had to walk through the exhibitors to get everywhere. Yeah. Um, and then this year, as you come down the escalators from the hotel lobby to your left is registration and to your right are all the exhibitors and then built around them are private meeting rooms, breakout session, general mm -hmm. session ballroom, etc. So. Um, and we have a media center as well. So mm -hmm. it, it, it'll create a constant flow of traffic. Even though we have more exhibitors, it's an open floor plan. That's fantastic. Uh, so, so, yeah, it's an uncommon and unbroadband conference in that way. And I want to talk a little, or we want to talk to you about what's coming in this one, but in the, you know, this year. But let's talk a little bit more about why you're an unbroadband conference, because it's not just how you set up the show. Is it? It's there's there's definitely an element to programming choices that make Mountain Connect unique. So I, I would argue that we probably have the most diverse audience in the industry. And so the first priority, of course, is helping the folks who need help. And then that's always going to be the tier three and below yes. communities, counties, WISPs, uh, utilities, telcos, um, education, healthcare, et cetera. So principally that's where I start. But if you look at, I am not, I am a big advocate of providing um, an agnostic approach for the most part to technology delivering broadband. So I've mm -hmm. always had wireless on the agenda mm -hmm. and wireless technologies, despite what, what you hear are relevant until they're not relevant. Yes. And they'll be relevant until we build fiber to 100% or, or close to 100% of, of, of all premises in the US. And I don't see us getting there anytime soon. So that's another differentiator that I include 
um, the, the wireless folks in my content. Um, I also am looking forward in time. So I'm, I'm trying to look at things that will impact the industry seven years from now. So I was the first broadband conference um, to have content devoted to blockchain. The first conference to have content devoted to telehealth innovation. So these were folks who came to talk about the healthcare applications that were building and why a wireline or wireless connection was imperative and important mm -hmm. in supporting and enabling the use and adoption of those technologies. So I always try to find room on the agenda for emerging technologies because if we ignore it, like all other things, we'll just be reactive to it when it does happen. Because the technology folks, the technology innovation companies, A, aren't necessarily prioritizing the enabling technology, which is broadband in this case. Um, and two, they're not going to stop innovating. That they're simply not. So right. we need to be prepared. And this is a really important time because we're, we're about to get injected with um, – 41 plus billion dollars. Um, so as we design, build and start delivering services off of these new networks, we need to consider what the future impacts are going to be. And one last thing, you know, the conversation the last few years has generally speaking been around most for the most part around, you know, the, the last mile. I think the conversation needs to be extended out into the core. Mm. So what so that means that we we not just talk sorry that we don't just talk about middle mile but we talk about things that are that are going to reduce the cost of broadband that are going to bring content closer to the edge and in rural markets how do you aggregate um rural demand regionally so for content for for edge technologies etc so colo facilities um micro data centers that type of stuff I think is really important to talk about. We lack that infrastructure in rural parts of the country Definitely. and it needs to be part of the agenda. So I've included this year, you'll find it on my agenda as well. Great. Well, well I love and Stephen, actually, we're going to be, I'm sorry, Curtis. No, I was just saying, I love the forward look and that's one of the reasons I like your event so much. Yes. And, and, and actually um, not to, not to, not to put ourselves in the middle of your conversation, but, we have worked because because Mountain Connect is such a great opportunity to do things that are slightly slightly out of the out of the mold. Curtis has put together a really intriguing session for um, for for Mountain Connect this year that definitely doesn't follow the mold. In fact, it's kind of a seaman surprise too, right, Curtis? I think so. I think it's going to be a great session. I the 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 panelists that that you know i'm just going to be the moderator because the smart people are going to be the panelists and we had our plan our first planning meeting and i came out of that and i was just amazed at this group and and uh they were very focused on wanting there to be very good actionable takeaways from our session about digital equity and building a, a sustainable digital equity ecosystem in local communities so um yeah, uh, I'm looking at it in different ways than just how we, just how the national conversation is being framed now. Right, and I think that's going to be that could that has the potential to be a little bit, yeah, a little, a little bit exciting when we a little spicy when we get when we get going. So hopefully, people won't see me as the the uh, moderator and go to a different room that time. But uh, 
Um, well, maybe you could wear a bag over your head. And I could. And I could. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, you know, that's an interesting point, Jeff. You've always, uh, the way you've organized the show is to me is just extremely valuable because while you have clear, you know, kind of tracks of, of sessions, it's such that, um, you, you, the person who's attending doesn't have to just necessarily stay in the same track. They can hop from track to track mm -hmm. and, and go to the sessions that are of most interest to, to, to them. Um, is that, uh, is that kind of the intention of having multi-track like that? So people can hop around or. Well, I, 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 so yes, but I also think it's diverse education that's required. Right. Um, I, I don't want to sort of pigeonhole my agenda around, I'm just making something up here, but say 5G or fiber, right? Mm -hmm. And all the things, all the things that come with that. But I, I want to have a diverse agenda, which offers a lot of opportunity. One of the biggest complaints, which I, I consider a compliment I get, is that I have too much good content at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Right. And one person obviously can't go to five different tracks at the same time. Sure. But <clears throat> That, Do I you think make sessions available to people who have attended the conference, though, if someone wants to go, if they got, they, you know, if they had to make a choice, can they go back and see see content later if they've registered, or do you have a way for that to happen? So here's the thing. Um, the, well, the quick answer is we record and provide all of our keynotes, and we provide all the the session presentations as most everyone else does the 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 challenge with creating a hybrid conference is the cost the production oh, cost yeah imagine i have to concern myself in in my general session ballroom with this but imagine if you added five additional rooms for mm -hmm. two days um the production costs around that are astronomical and then until they become more affordable i just i don't feel comfortable trying to find someone a sponsor to pay for that that would be a big sponsorship yeah, that would be a big sponsorship. yeah. having yeah. seen the, the 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 recording setup you have in your keynotes i mean this is extremely well professionally done yeah. and obviously not cheap <laughs> right no it's not cheap so but i you know i wish i could do that but it's just it, the costs are just too high unfortunately yeah. Yeah, I've I've struggled that with other events that I've been part of organizing. Is you you, you everybody wants it, but nobody wants to pay for it. And right. That's that's what it comes down to. Sure. Do you want to pay ten thousand dollars to come to this conference, and I'd have enough money to have a professional uh, right. cruise there <laughs> recording everything? If not, it's just me and my phone, which is of limited value. That's uh, a little bit of an exaggeration, but we can <laughs> let it go this time. Jeff, well, tell us what okay. tell us what's exciting coming up. What what. When people come to see Mountain Connect this year, what is going to blow their minds that you are ready to share? Uh, uh, well, you asked that question, but you know I can't answer. I know. I, I'm sorry. I'm I have, a, I have a, a surprise um, that I can't talk about um, just yet. Um, well, I wouldn't talk about it anyways because it's a surprise. So you're right. going to come to the conference to see it. Um, but... Um, and it, it's an emerging, it's, it's around emerging technologies, but we'll, we'll be the first um, conference in the Americas to do what, what, what I'm going to do this year. Um, outside of that, we're the first, last year we were the first conference, national conference after the notice of funding opportunity. And this year we're the first national conference after 
the funding allocation announcement at the end of this month. Um, and we have 15 working on 16 state broadband houses from around the country coming to Mountain Connect. Um, so I'm really excited about, about that. So we're, we're, we are going to, um, uh, you know, push, push the boundaries. Um, the, you know, the other thing I want to do is I want to have a frank discussion around um, bead and, and talk about the ability for us to actually be successful, what has to happen mm -hmm. and you know, effectively, you know, the call to action to all attendees is what are you going to do to ensure that this money goes where it's intended to go? That type of thing. So do you think that you think a piece of that conversation might um, touch on the maps then? Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't have a conversation while talking about the maps. Everybody's well, favorite whipping boy is the maps. Well, they're just terrible. Well, they are terrible. What I, th I think there's there's probably a handful of things to discuss. There's you know the letter of credit. There's the yeah. environmental things. There's the yeah. workforce requirements. I think there's a handful of things. It's it's interesting because I think for the first time the federal government has done something relatively smart in that they've offloaded um, accountability to the states. Right. Right because that is a huge burden for a small federal governmental entity to provide oversight on. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is go back to 2010 and look at the BTOP uh, yes. case, right? Um, so I think that's smart, but the challenge for the industry is, or the challenge for the states is, how do you find the right kind of subject matter expertise who are gonna be able and capable of evaluating the merit of the grant proposals you're going to get so that they are in fact funding the right opportunities and i and think that's going to be a tall order because we already have a subject matter expertise drain going on in this industry which is going to only get worse as oh just look at the three of us we're not far we're not too far away from retirement right speak for yourself jeff i just look old <laughs> I, I, that's why I said not too far. But if you look at the next 10 years or so, I think there's a lot, yeah. of, a lot of good, intelligent people are going to retire out of this conference. And what are we doing to backfill that? Right. So now you've got, you've got this competition to hire really smart people who actually understand the industry as a whole, not just finance or not just grant funding, but do they understand what they're looking at? I think yeah, it's a big challenge, but but nonetheless, um, I'm I'm still cautiously optimistic. So, if we were going to just spin that around into a positive conversation, what kind of workforce development opportunities do you see? I know this isn't about Mountain Connect, but you've got some expertise, Jeff, and you've got some insight. So, let's just go for it. You mean in terms but, of we have we have content on the agenda that that mm -hmm. that will discuss this. So um, great. Um, I, I'm hoping that people who who are going to be there will get a chance to see that. Sort of and, where the opportunities, where the growth, the job market growth or opportunity. Well, opportunity. how are we creating? How are we creating and and growing um, uh, our, our workforce in the industry? What options? I just got a um, uh, an inquiry from uh, I can't remember the name. Of course, I can't remember because we're on this podcast. But um, they wanted to talk about workforce development, but it's a national organization. So I, I do I do think that 
this is a broadly accepted um, idea that we have a challenge in the industry and how do we overcome that? And the only way we can do that is to collaborate together. Right. right. It'll be interesting to see where those jobs end up being too. Will they be in the office? Will they be mostly field jobs? Will there be a combination? Will we be in institutions or in private industry? Like who's going to succeed or where is that ecosystem energy going to collect? I'm right. really interested to see that too. Yeah, as am I. So Jeff, I know you're, you're the, uh, you're the parent of Mountain Connect. So it's un always unfair to ask a parent who their favorite child is, but if, and you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off during this conference. Um, Gracefully. Gracefully. Oh, very gracefully. Um, so if you could just attend Mountain Connect this year and go to any session you wanted to and just sit there and soak in the content, are there a few that you see on there that you think would be most of most interest to, to you? Well, of course, I would I would suggest to you all the keynotes and up to the uh, closing remarks, because um, we have our state attorney general coming in and participating on a panel. Um, uh, amongst other really qualified. In fact, I'm going to take a future um, that there are sort of two keynotes back to back um, mm -hmm. to end the conference. And this, the last one's going to be what can we expect over the next 12 months or so? And these will be, um, these are all of the, um, the folks on the panel. I'll, I'll moderate this one, but it's going to be on, um, um, uh, I'm sorry, it'll include um, all the large industry association CEOs. So we're gonna we're gonna take a look ahead. Um, Great. I, I think all the state bead panel discussions are worthwhile going to. Um, there's cybersecurity. There is that which I find very interesting and, and a topic we probably need to shed more light on. Um, uh, uh, you really, you really tax me. The, well, of course, there's one on um, exchange points. I think the lack of um, internet exchange points. Um, yes. With, with another really good session, there are a bunch of really, really good sessions to look at. I, I, I don't. I, I'm sure I've missed some really great ones, but, but. Uh, well, I I'll, I'll just go back and plug CBAN again with asking the hard questions with a truly insightful and engaged panel about: Is there a sustainable model? for long-term digital equity programming and especially around the four pillars and, and teaching digital skills, you know, is a particular interest to me. That's sort of my, my bailiwick. And I, you know, I'm struggling, we're struggling with that even as an organization right now, or, or, or really, I mean, we're close to the trailhead. It's not a struggle yet, but we haven't seen it. We haven't seen the golden model and we haven't seen where where um, institutional will and rubber meet on the road, you know, to, to, to prioritize those things over time. Now it's all early, no one's gotten their money yet, but this isn't permanent money either. So there's just a lot to learn still. There's certainly a lot to unpack. And I think, I think you know, part of the challenge is, is that um, there isn't, I don't know that there's a template approach that works. Right. right. And, and I do think that if you look at, once you get outside of, I always like to say this because I think it's it's very true, but I think once you get outside of metro areas, one of the challenges that you're going to face is that things are different from community to community. Not every community is built the same. Not every community has the same demographics or economic drivers. Or resources. Issues, or resources, right? right? right. So 
oftentimes you have to really take a customized approach when you're trying to solve problems. If you believe that that's true, you can't, but, but oftentimes what I see is a template approach. Yeah. Right? Well, if it works here, it'll work, it'll work everywhere. And that's, and that always feels like going through the motions to me. If you can't take the time to make a specific approach in a specific community based on its needs, then you You can't help a community until you understand who that community is. Yep. What drives them forward, etc. In my in my humble estimation. So it'll be interesting to see how digit, like for example, device supporting digital training, are able to permeate the countryside, if you will, right? Or if they will be able to. Yeah, that's one yeah, of the challenges that we, we face. We could reinstitutionalize it. We could put it back in schools and colleges. That seems like a very logical place for it. But so far, there hasn't been a spark there. So, well, I, I so I wonder what kind of impact healthcare is going to have, mm. right? Because I do think if you fast forward five to ten years from now, we're we're going to have um, more uh, home care. Um, but more specifically, I think what you're going to see is more diagnostic care inside the home, mm-hmm. right? And that. That's going to require a few different things. One, a robust connection um, to the home, but a robust connection potentially inside the home, depending Correct. on the diagnostic a- application. Um, people's willingness, and we're probably going to see this in elder care first. So people's willingness to use that technology to adopt it um, will be key as well. And and I think that that's where there could be some struggle. Well, that, we, that sounds about right. We're 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 finding that that is exactly um, one of the issues that is. There's a lot of um, part of the did part of the reason people haven't adopted technology is because they're afraid of it, and part of the reason they're afraid of it is they don't understand it, um, and they don't know how to use it safely. So those are some of the issues that we encounter in the digital equity world. And providers know that it's keeping, um, it's limiting their ability to grow because there's that last 10% or 15% of the premises that they pass that aren't connecting for these various reasons. And so providers have a very strong interest in, 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 in pushing mm-hmm. that as well. So, well, I, I hate to cut us off. It's been a great discussion, but I really, uh, really appreciate you being on again t- uh, with us this year, Jeff. Um, point out to everybody to check out the website mountainconnect.org as uh, they are um, still registrations are open, right, Jeff? Yeah, they'll be open right, right up until the start of the conference. Okay, great. So we have, so two things. Um, One, we have a, a, a static government rate. So if you work for a governmental entity, it's the same rate up until the conference and we need to see more people from Iowa and Minnesota. But yes, absolutely. We will uh, spread the word among our Iowa C-Band members and our contacts here. And, and certainly uh, I'm looking forward to it. And one of these days we're going to get John out from Michigan to Colorado. And cause Todd, our other co-founder of C-Band has been out and I've been there several times and now it's John's turn. So yeah, John, so it's on your calendar for 24. Yeah. So the folks from Merritt, Merritt have been out there as well. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yep. 
another yeah, one yeah. of our C-band members that we're associated with. Well, Jeff, hey, hey thanks. It's been great. We appreciate your time today. Everybody check out mountainconnect.org and attend the Mountain Connect Conference. It is in beautiful downtown Denver, and it is coming up in August. And if you go, please stop and find me somewhere because I'll be there wearing the C-band shirt and happy to uh, talk to everybody. So thanks again for joining us, Jeff. Thank you both. I really appreciated the conversation. Yeah, thank you. This Absolutely. Is great. And That's we'll fun. see you all next time here on Broadband Action.